Hey, you're listening to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, talking all things female health and wellness. I'm Orla O'Flaherty, a certified naturopath and herbalist, and I'm here to talk about everything from periods, PCOS, endometriosis, health, sex, wellness, and life in general. Here's to happy hormones and a happy you. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, and we are up to episode 27. So this week I'm looking at the topic of body image and the reason for this is because I see it all around us and we all look at ourselves in a different way, we all see ourselves in a different way and looking at kids who I would be around and watching their actions lately and I'm re- I became really interested to see what everybody else thought about themselves so I did a poll last week wondering why or wondering if people how they looked at themselves how they felt about their bodies if they loved their bodies if they weren't that comfortable in their bodies and why now for a lot of the responses I didn't really get a why it was just more so what people don't like about themselves and I think the why is the issue when it comes to the why, we don't realise that we have certain societal conditions ingrained in us. And it's because it's bombarded at us. It's being thrown at us left, right and centre how we should look a certain way and be a certain way and make a certain amount of money and have a house, have a job. Well, yeah, a job, but have the big jobs, big paycheck be married, all these things. And I find that when all these things are thrown at us, it tends to diminish our self-worth. And what is self-worth? Self-worth is how we feel about ourselves, our own worth. Do we value ourselves? But what we tend to do as humans is that we project it to others, our self-worth is down to how others see us and how others feel about us, which really, that can only become a downward spiral because at the end of the day, and I've spoken about this before, our own self-worth is down to our own feelings and how we look at ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. But body image and self-worth and self-esteem they're not all the same, but they are all directly linked to each other. And I'm going to go into the whys of how certain things happen. And there are a few different ones, but the main one is early childhood development. So from the ages of two to five, young girls and boys start to identify their own body image. Now, this can be seen in kids dressing up in their parents' clothes, jewellery, ties, shoes, things like that. And then looking in the mirror. And usually kids from five upwards have a want to, let's say, be bigger. You've heard them saying, I'm a big girl, I'm a big boy now. Or I'm going to big school, all that sort of thing. And that's so that they can seem more grown up. But in some cases, we can also start seeing some negative associations with their body image. And it's you. this is the time when you should be listening to their self-talk but also a time when you should be listening to your own self-talk if you have kids around the house. Now, the key factor with early childhood development is that 
everything is a learned response and that's why I'm saying to keep an eye on your own self-talk. We come into this world like a blank canvas. What and who we become starts from the ages of zero to five. This is where we learn our personality traits. And what children see around them or hear becomes ingrained in their own psyche. So what sort of self-talk was in your house when you were growing up? Was it body positivity or was it body shaming? Then, like I said, there is societal conditioning. We've all seen that fight, which I'm so happy to see, for Barbie to become much more body inclusive. It is only in recent years that this is happening. But now is the time when you should be looking at the kids in your household, listening to their free playtime if they're playing with dolls, with Barbies. You will get a direct access, really, to what's going on in their own internal, say, self-image, even for kids the ages of two to five. You will hear kids saying that they're beautiful or that they're ugly, all different things. If you hear certain negative aspects, start paying attention to what's being said around the kids by adults. Because we we do tend to forget that kids are sponges. They pick up everything. They listen to everything. Even when you think they're not listening, they're listening to everything. So listen to your kids' self-talk and ask them how they feel about themselves and if there's a negative aspect ask them why is that as women when we're getting ready for nights out and we're doing our makeup and tan or whatever it is that you're doing when you're trying on your clothes what is it that you're saying to yourself when you're getting ready in certain outfits is it I look great I feel great or is it oh I look terrible I look fat blah 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 These are things that you really need to be mindful of if there's kids around because they are picking up on this. Like I said, everything is a learned response. Monkey see, monkey do. And then going to the societal factors like looking at magazines. Like every Tuesday I buy my niece a magazine after school. And you know the the bumper pack ones with the games and the puzzles and the toys. But while she's picking out which one has the most stickers... I'm bombarded with all the health magazines, all the women's magazines, which are all tailored to make you feel terrible about yourself. The perfect diets and workouts, the things you should be doing as a successful woman, how to bag the perfect husband before 30. But where in these magazines does it show you how to truly love yourself? Where in these magazines does it teach us that to undo years of conditioning, we have to look at the traumas and hurts we've encountered And where in these magazines does it teach us how to heal these traumas and hurts? And to be honest, the same goes for Instagram or Facebook. How many of you follow fitness models? Now, look, I know I do, but I realized a couple of years ago that I was comparing myself to them and not actually being inspired by them. I wanted to look like her. I wanted to look like this woman. I wanted to look like that woman. I remember saying it to my coach a few years ago, I want to look like her, what can we do to make me look like her? But instead, what 
I should have been doing is being inspired and seeing, wow, she does a lot of work on herself. How can I improve myself instead of wanting to be like her? Now, there are still a small few that I follow and that's simply because of their mindsets. I love their outlook on life and I love their attitudes towards their bodies, their self-love, their realness, their authenticity. They are very much real women. Now, yes, they look amazing, but they put the work in and they do it for them. They have their why. And everybody's why is different. My why now for eating right and training is completely different to what it was years ago. My why now is for my health. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. At times, the old whys will creep in. But I, I've learned to check myself when that happens. Years ago, my whys were all about self-loathing and self-hatred. But I did the work to change that. Now, look, I'm a woman in my 30s. And that age-old saying of youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> look, I don't really like the saying, but I, I understand it a bit better now. Because the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, if I could go back knowing what I know now, there, I suppose there would have been even deeper lessons. But that's what life is. Life is a journey of lessons and learning. So we have to go through what we go through. But there is something that I always ask myself. Is that if I knew back then what I know now, would I do things differently? And even now I have to say no. I wouldn't. I would still have gone through everything that I went through throughout my entire life. Because it has brought me to where I am as a human but also as a woman today and like I said I'm a woman in my 30s but as a young girl like at the age of 10 I was bullied for being fat in my teens I would buy all these magazines to see how I could fix myself physically how could I be enough for everyone to like me how could I be enough to be loved I ended up developing anorexia around 14 or 15. I didn't know I had it. I knew I had issues with food, but I was in severe denial for a long time. <laughs> but for me, it was a control thing. I've spoken in the past about my history with depression and self-harm and everything. And the anorexia was directly linked to it. So it was a control thing for me. I couldn't control my environment, but I could control what I would put in my mouth but as it progressed like I remember every morning I would I'd stand on the scales the weighing scales and every evening and night too so I'd stand on the scales in the morning then when I got home from school and then before I went to bed and then I'd berate myself for putting on weight during the day now look I was a teenager I didn't understand the complexities of body mass and how it changes throughout the day but I always felt like I had to be skinny to be accepted. I had to be skinny and thinner to be loved. The thinner I was, the better I would feel. 
And if I couldn't feel my hip bones, I was ashamed of myself. This went on for about five years. And then I finally started healing myself. Well, what I thought was healing myself at the time. But then I ended up going, doing a complete 180 on it. And I went the other direction and I gained an awful lot of weight. And yes, it was in my journey to get better. But then what I realized is that I was actually, instead of starving, I was overeating. I was using food as a comfort too. So I had a complete distorted view on food. I had a terrible relationship with food. Like at my lowest, I was 41 kilos. So that's about six and a half stone. And then at my heaviest, I was around 75 kilos. And that's nearly 12 stone. And after I got to my heaviest, I joined Weight Watchers, I did all these things and I started yo-yo dieting for a few years after that. But never did I actually correlate why I was yo-yo dieting with my self-worth or if I accepted myself. Looking back, I used to, I'd hate looking in the mirror. I just thought I was fat all the time. And it wasn't about being fat. It was about not being enough and nobody would love me enough because I was overweight. It wasn't until I started college, though, for herbal medicine that I actually stopped focusing on my weight. And this was because I I found my passion in life. I was no longer looking outward for people's approval, for my happiness or looking for people's approval for or to be loved because I had it in my purpose I found what I wanted to do through college though I I did have to try lots of different diets and lots of different protocols to know how they would feel for clients and it was great because I have huge experience when it comes to certain diets and how they affect the body physically and emotionally but it did have a slightly negative effect for me because I had a history with eating disorders but it wasn't until that I found the or not found that I started the anti-candida diet for about six months now this wasn't for college this was for me I decided to do this for me because I as you all know whoever listens I have gynecological problems I've a lot of inflammation I had I did have candida but I wanted to fix all those things but this was the first diet that I ever went on that I wasn't looking to lose weight I did have a bit of weight to lose simply for my health and my joints but I wasn't doing this diet for weight loss but I ended up losing about two and a half stone in a very short amount of time. And then the problem with this though is that I could feel the old habits and the old self-talk creeping back in. So I made sure then that I was accountable for my emotions. So I went and I spoke to my mother and my sister and told them how I was feeling. I let them know that I was internalizing these issues, certain aspects were coming up for me. The more I spoke to them, the more I knew I was okay because I made sure that there was a support system there and that there was an awareness around it. Now, this was about six years ago and I dropped weight to about 56 kilos on the scales 
and as of this week I'm currently still sitting at 56 kilos and like over the last few years of training bulking cutting for comps like my weight varied from probably around 50 to 58 kilos but my standard is usually 53 to 56 kilos it sounds like I weigh myself a lot I don't I think I may weigh myself possibly five times a year because I won't buy a scales the only times that I really would weigh myself is if I'm going for comps I haven't competed in a year and a half so I don't bother using the scales what I did find was through certain scenarios I knew I was losing weight and I didn't want to lose weight so I would hop on the scales to be accountable to make sure that I wasn't dropping too much but all through those bulking and cutting cycles I had to take responsibility for my health and be open with the people around me I remember back when I first started lifting weights I did drop a bit more weight and my friends were concerned and I am really grateful for that concern because it has made me be aware of my actions and made me be accountable to myself because at the end of the day I've spoken about this before we all have to be accountable and responsible for our own health and well-being. The reason I'm talking about this is because it's so easy to fall back into old habits. But these aren't habits. They're coping mechanisms and ways to numb out what's actually going on underneath. And we can all slip back into these old coping mechanisms very easily. But it's a matter of being aware. When you're looking in the mirror and your self-talk is negative, why is that? What is it that you're saying to yourself? And is it that you're looking for approval from external sources? And like I said, it is easy to slip back into these scenarios because even for me recently... I could see certain traits creeping in and I was like, no, okay, time to do the work. And unfortunately, that is what we have to do. When you hear that self-negative talk, it's a signal for you to actually say to yourself, right, there's something bigger going on. I have to look at this now before it becomes a pattern and a downward spiral into an even bigger problem. And for me recently, I went through a breakup and I decided to throw myself into training really hard and everything. And that was, it was great for the mind, but not so much for the body. As in, I trained too hard and ended up injuring myself. Now, when I say it was great for the mind, it was great because the endorphin release but I wasn't actually looking at my internal talk. I wasn't looking at what was, what it was that I was saying to myself and what the driving force behind that excess training was. It turned out to be a lovely little wake-up call and a, a little gentle reminder to myself of, right, why is it that you're doing this? Why are you doing what you're doing is it for yourself or is it for external sources and again I had to look at my self-talk was it positive was it negative unfortunately it was a little negative but 
It's catching those negative thoughts and being able to flip them. That's the lesson and that's the gold right there. That's the golden moment when you can catch your negative self-talk, when you can catch those negative emotions and flip them. This is where you're going to learn the lessons. But this brings me back to the likes of the magazines. Like where in those pages does it help to shine a light on our shadow sides? Where in those pages does it show us those dark aspects that we don't want to face? Where on those pages will it show us how to move forward? It doesn't. And that's why when it comes to early childhood development, to societal conditioning, to ourselves, it's trying to connect the dots on what is it that we're truly looking for and searching for? Like, why is it that you want to be skinny or pretty? Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look a certain way. Look, and like I said, like, I've been overtraining and I've pushed myself to an injury, but I love having muscles. I feel most confident and proud of myself for the work that I put in. But I have been overtraining to fill a void of my own self-worth and self-love. But in that area, I've shunned the light on what I've actually been doing. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to stop training, but obviously I am during an injury. But I will go back and I'll do it for the pure love and joy of it again. And I won't be pushing myself for approval from external sources. It'll be done for me. So for you, I'd ask yourself, are you wanting to look a certain way for approval or for acceptance or to be loved? Do you go on diets and shakes for your health or is it for your appearance? Does it become a vicious circle of yo-yo dieting and then self-loathing? There's nothing wrong with wanting to look well and take af- look after yourself or take care of yourself. It's when we're doing it from a place of negative self-worth, negative self-talk and self-loathing. I personally believe that until we do the work on ourselves, the hard, nitty-gritty, shitty work on looking inward, on looking at why is it we can't accept ourselves, that we end up in these cycles and patterns. Once you start looking at yourself and your reasons why, that's when you get a greater joy from everything in life. Ask yourself why you want to look a certain way. Is it truly for you or is it for validation from an external source? Ask yourself why is it you want to have that big paying job? Is it for you? Do you love that job? Are you happy in that job? Or is it to be able to buy things to prove that you are worthy or that you're better than someone else. Ask yourself why you have to be married before you're 30. Is it that you want to find love, a fulfilling, loving relationship? 
that's balanced or is it because that's what you're meant to do in societal factors only you can validate yourself and only you can live your life only you has the right to comment on your appearance or your job or your life Why do we put so much weight on other people's opinions of us? It is something that has become ingrained. But where did that lesson come from? Was it learned from ages zero to five? Was it learned in the teen years? Is it conditional due to family relationships? Romantic relationships? Friendships? Why is it you feel the need to be a certain way, look a certain way, or do certain things? Is it truly for you? And that's why I'm talking about body image. Because it all starts at a young age from body image. But it ends up transgressing into other areas of life as well. Body image at the end of the day, it comes down to our self-worth and what your core beliefs are for yourself. I feel for everyone, you have to look at what makes you happy and not what's going to make someone else happy. You have to look at why it is why it is that you're actually afraid to accept yourself is there something that happened in childhood is there something that happened in your teen years is there something that happened in early adult life there are so many different factors and conditions for everything in life but it's looking at yourself and your own self-worth and your own body image too because like I said they are directly linked And how do you change that? How do you change that negative self-talk? Is by being nicer to yourself. Speaking nicely to yourself. Telling yourself that you love yourself every day. Looking in the mirror and looking at those areas that you don't like on your body. And accepting them. It's not easy at first, but it becomes easy. Showing yourself love, compassion, kindness. These are the foundations in truly accepting yourself. And it has to be done every day. It's like a muscle. You have to train it every day. Telling yourself that you love yourself in the mirror every day. Showing love to the areas of your body that you don't like. The cellulite, the wrinkles, the stretch marks, the scars, the everything. We all have things that we're not fully comfortable with. But knowing that it's okay to have them is your starting point. Knowing that you are perfectly imperfect is key in life because nobody is perfect. 
there is Photoshop and there is different apps and filters and everything and look I'm not gonna lie there are days when I use a filter when I'm exhausted <laughs> but being aware of why is it that I'm using those filters and I know why because I don't feel great about myself at the time but then working on it afterwards but like I said we all have these issues that we don't like in ourselves physically or emotionally or mentally but it's shining the light in them and it is about accepting yourself body image and self-worth they're directly linked so start knowing your worth and start showing your worth so that's this week's episode of the podcast if you have any comments or anything, feel free to DM me, email me, text me, whatever. But for now, happy Thursday and happy hormones, everyone.